Okay, two things. Megan, you're on mute. I'm on mute. I'm always two, on mute. I have a real bra on and that needs to change immediately. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn my camera off for a hot second. No, no bra city. Yeah, I don't need to be in bra city. I don't want to be in bra city. It sucks Get here. out of that boob jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys continue with struggles. I'm going to be right here listening and, and shedding this oppressive I don't understand why you don't like we're going to be in a band together. We have a podcast together. We have our babies together, but I can't watch you take off your bra. <laughs> okay. Maybe pre-nursing pre for 15 months, sure. But at this point, I don't even think the camera would pick up these babies. <laughs> too low. They're hanging too low. You uh, see you where see the where camera is are? right here? You still wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be able to see this. Still no nip. They're, they're <laughs> down here. All right. Now that's some truth for y'all. Welcome to Montessori Moms in the Wild. We are three trained Montessori guides and new moms. We are not here to be your guide per se, but simply to share, commiserate, and even inspire each other on this wild journey. Each episode, we will discuss a different element of the Montessori philosophy, explaining why it is one we find so important and interesting, and then take turns being blatantly honest about how we succeed and struggle with these practices in real life. There is no Montessori album for parenthood, and we are certainly in no shape to write one. Our hopes are that together we can remind ourselves of what is important to us as Montessorians and as mothers in a way that might help other parents, or at least entertain them. So sit back and relax as we take Montessori out of the textbooks and into the wild. Welcome everyone. My name is Laura. I'm a mother of one with my Montessori training in lower elementary and upper elementary, which is ages six through 12. I am joined here tonight with Rachel, soon to be mother of two, like very soon to be mother of two, like, like could be happening right now. <laughs> but no, we need like two more weeks in there. So stay in there. And she has her Montessori training in infant toddler, which is birth through three years old. And of course, Megan, mother of two with her training in lower elementary, ages six through nine. Today, we're actually going to pivot from talking about philosophy and how to implement it. And instead, we're actually going to have a super honest conversation about our struggles as parents. And some of it relates to the Montessori philosophy. And some of it is just like universal parenting truths. And we just kind of wanted to have this conversation with each other and just kind of check in and also be, again, brutally honest with you guys about the fact that we are real people and sometimes we don't feel like we're doing the best job, just like all moms and dads, right? So yeah, today we're going to do it. We're going to talk about our struggles after we do our normal weekly share-ins. So who is who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'm here to complain. Excellent. I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> I had a near-death experience that I would like to tell you about. So Just a, a normal Wednesday for <laughs> Megan. Near-death experience. <laughs> I had a near-death experience. So I was getting my daughter ready for bed and I went over to her dresser and went to get some pajamas out of the top drawer and I felt something on my foot. It was the biggest spider. No. I've no. ever seen in my life. No, absolutely <laughs> and not. I had like grazed it with my foot and it was it's like it crawled out to die or something because it was already kind of shriveled up. It was like the size of my palm. It touched my foot and now I have to wash my foot in acid. And I'm not I'm not over exaggerating. Oh, dude. <laughs> this is not an over exaggeration. I want to be like laughing and reacting to your story, but I am horrified and frozen in terror. I now feel spiders all over me. So thank ew, you ew, for ew. that. Do you think it was so, like a wolf spider? The size probably, of your palm, dude? Probably. It's like that's the thing about it though. So I don't like spiders, obviously, but <laughs> obviously. clearly I don't mind them out where they live. I don't like them living in my house. And especially after I found that in her room, I was like frantically searching around for like its family. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know spiders live in families. Where That's is the rest of them common all? Common arachnid trait. <laughs> Are we spiders web here? <laughs> and then and then I was feeling them like all over my body. And I had yeah. these jeans that were like cut at the bottom. So they weren't, you know, oh, yeah. so frayed. And so they had yeah. Frays. So oh, God. <laughs> the fabric kept brushing up against my foot. And I just feel like spiders live on my feet now. 
<laughs> yep, you're going to have to burn it down. It's the yep. only way. Burn down the house, burn peel off the skin off of my body. <laughs> and that's my weekly update. So, <laughs> Rachel, what have you been up to? Well, I'm just trying to keep a baby inside of me at the moment. I feel like uh, my mom and dad came earlier this week, which was amazing. And they're coming back tomorrow. My mom was like, I'm going to pack your hospital bag tomorrow when I get there. I was like, yeah, you should probably do that for me because clearly I don't have that done. But we're going to finish painting a nursery this weekend and hopefully have a room for a baby. But we do have a bassinet. I've still been working. I will survive. <laughs> Are you working all the way through? Yeah, I'll work. I mean, I worked with Finley till I went into labor. So that's my plan unless... I go to the doctor next week and they're like, yeah, you can't. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, because that baby's low. She is so low, y'all. We all worked up until it was go time, sadly, because maternity leave is like not, you know, like you don't want to start it any sooner than you absolutely have to. Yeah, if I dip into my 12 weeks, I dip into my 12 weeks. Which... Right. So it'd be nice to like take the week off to prepare for this <laughs> marathon experience yeah. that is coming. I definitely but, need that, but it's not going to happen unless my doctor says you have to do it. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna mute myself so I don't go on a long rant <laughs> about this. I know. That's a whole nother. It is a whole nother. A, yeah. Anyway. Laura, you, what have you been right, up to? Right. So spring break is over. Da, da, da. So, nope, Megan, you are now on mute. This is amazing. The story of our lives. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> It's like, it how many blinks. times did you press that button, Megan? <laughs> it blinks for a really long time. So it like blinks and then it goes away. So it's hard to tell when it's. Sure. Although you guys have the same mics and I just muted mine to drink and I had no issues. And it's so. <laughs> so, yeah, Rachel's going to shut that down right Rachel, now. She does not accept just that excuse. Because you have a baby coming doesn't mean you get to be mean to me. <laughs> I'm going to call you out, Megan. I always do. I love you. You really do. It's fine. Oh, man. Figure it um, out. Go ahead. Figure it out. I. Right. Spring break is over. It's over. So spring break, Laura has left the building. <laughs> I can no longer do anything. I can no longer be anyone. All the laundry is filthy. <laughs> There's no longer varying degrees of dirty laundry. And the negativity is back. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. It's only Wednesday and I'll be okay. <laughs> Everything's <though>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know what? Actually, let me just try to put a positive spin on it. I do feel like it was a fairly successful break because I felt like it had a good mixture of awesome playdates with their BFFs and museum trips and just like fun enriching experiences. But also I got a decent amount of things checked off on that forever running to-do list that you just keep adding to. That we never check off. Right. Yeah. And as a teacher, you're like, I'll do it on spring break. I'll do it. I have all the time in the world on spring break. I'll get all the things done. And then you blink and it's Sunday night and it's time to like pack lunches and get ready to go back. Right. And you didn't get any of the things done, but and by you, I mean me, absolutely myself. <laughs> I'm speaking for sure about me, but I kind of did it this this last break and I feel good about that, okay? So <laughs> I'm proud of you. Okay. Okay, Megan. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. Thank you. We Thank you, very, Rachel. We are quite Thank combative you, today. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good one. I can feel it. But first, an ad break. Did you know that the human brain has about 100 billion nerve cells present at birth? The network's structure is formed by experiences children have in the first three years of life. Love Every designs their products for learning with a team of experts, academics, researchers, and specialists to make sure they're exactly what your child needs and loves. Their award-winning play products meet your child at each developmental stage we love that they are thoughtfully crafted with sustainable, organic, and natural materials. We are all fans of their play kits, and all of our babies have loved the play gym. We are excited to offer you free shipping on your next Love Every purchase when you use the link in our show notes or in our Instagram bio at Montessori Moms in the Wild. Happy playing! Okay. So this week, we are going to talk about the struggles that we face as parents, and it couldn't come 
more organically because we don't have anything prepared this week because we are struggling to live life. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so it's kind of, I don't know, just this, this season in life that we're actually in. So what better to talk about than what we're actually going through. So we didn't have time to write a script. You know, it's a couple of days before this is supposed to come out and Laura's going to work a little butt off to get it edited and out. And y'all are going to hear something. You're going to hear something. something. The quality of it, who knows? We apologize <laughs> in advance. But there will be something in your ear holes on Monday. So I just, I think kind of what we want to get into this week is that being a parent is really hard and being a Montessori parent adds an extra layer of sometimes added stress and sometimes some guilt and some shame and with all the best intentions that we have, sometimes that means that we are maybe too hard on ourselves or expect a lot from ourselves as parents or a lot from our children. So Let's get into it. Where are you guys at right now? Well, for me, I just feel like the past eight months (laughs) have been like just kind of hellish almost. I mean, I am so grateful for this pregnancy. I'm so grateful for this baby, but it's hard, y'all. I feel like everybody's like, oh, your second is so much easier than your first because then you've already done it. You've lived it. Postpartum is easier. You know what's about to hit you, right? But then you're pregnant for nine months with a toddler. Right. It's that whole, the first baby is actively right there with you. Literally like, yeah, never slows down. Like nothing has changed in his world. His life can't stop. And my husband works a lot. He's not home a lot on weeknights. So it's just solo and it's been hard. We've watched a lot of screens There's been a lot of tears. My child pretends to puke in the toilet because he's watched me puke so many times. I mean, it's just like... Yeah, something that people don't know because you haven't... You've kind of been in the later parts of your pregnancy since we started this podcast is Rachel has horrific beginning of her pregnancies. How sick were you with Finley? It definitely eased down with my first around probably like... 25 honestly so long but I still puked like every once in a while I mean with this pregnancy I'm 35 and a half weeks and I'm still puking Rachel that's awful it is it's awful so yeah I mean it's like physically taking a toll yeah so I think I just throw my hands up a lot and we've eaten so much fast food and so bad. And that's one thing that's so important to me in the beginning of Finley's like solid journey was like the food and yep, the quality of all food. Organ- I mean, you yep. know, all the things the pediatrician tells you and, and like we've eaten McDonald's so many times. We eat Chick-fil-A all the time. Like we're just literally surviving and it doesn't make you feel good. You know, I would love to sit down and have, we still sit down and do dinner because that's, that is important to me. But overall, we're kind of eating crap and he needs to be eating more than crap. Right. But I just keep saying it'll pass. This time yeah. will pass. It's temporary. It's yeah. temporary. That's the thing. Like when you're in it, yeah. it doesn't feel like it. No, it feels like it this doesn't. is just life now. You know, yeah. it's hard to see, even if you know, in your logical mind, this is going to pass. In your heart of hearts, it still doesn't feel that way. It still feels like, oh, this is just forever. Like, hang on to your hats, friends, because this is it. Yeah. And I feel like, too, like, I'm going through this emotional state of I'm about to have a second child. And, like, Finley's my been my everything and everything we've poured into him, you know. And I, I have a sister. She's the best thing ever. We're so close. Like, um, I know he'll be so grateful for a sibling. But it's also, like, this emotional... Yeah. I've left him one night, one night ever. The next night I leave him, I'll be in the hospital, which that's my personal, you know, I have separation issues clearly. (laughs) But um, I mean, the first time I left my daughter was when I went to go have another baby. Yeah. Partially like where we are in just the world, but also pandemic and also hard. I don't, I, I don't know. I felt like it'd be easier to leave my kids. It's, it's hard. I do too. <laughs> I just want to spend every minute. I don't want to miss a thing. But then on the other end, like you need to relax and you need to rest and you need to take care of yourself too. But 
we clearly balance is hard. I haven't balanced well. I know that for sure. And I probably won't with this other one either because I love nursing. You know, I love all those things and it just sucks, sucks everything out of you. And I know that, but it's just hard guys. It's hard. Yeah. I can imagine feeling guilty. I mean, I'm, I'm not even pregnant with a second child yet, but I I've spent a lot of time thinking about the guilt that I will most likely feel about knowing that she will not get 100% anymore. It's, it's not possible. It can't be that way that the next baby also deserves 100%. You can't give either 100%. Like you feel like I just already feel guilty about that. And then also, like you said, she's been my world. I've been her world. So like the just initial shock of the change, especially during this sense of order period. Yeah. I can, I can understand. I mean, I can sympathize. I can't say that I empathize yet, but I can predict that I will feel a lot of those feelings too. I think the Montessori part of it in my mind is like with Finley, like I've shared before on the podcast, I tried very, very hard in his infancy period to really let him be free movement. He wasn't in things. I had all the black and white cards, the mirror, the way they say to set like all the things. And I know that's going to look different this time too, right? I have a toddler. I can't just have her laying on the floor. And if he's playing trains and like chucking balls, you know, so uh, I know things are going to look really different for her infancy period, which is fine. It's a hundred percent fine. We're do, we're going to do our best as parents, but that's like a whole nother layer of guilt is he got this and she's not going to get that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think about that all the time with my kids. And I mean, you, you guys know you were there. I, <laughs> you guys were the first people that I texted and I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And both of you were like, well, why, why do you think that? And I was like, because I took a pregnancy test and it said I'm pregnant and that's why. <laughs> and Laura's like, maybe you could go take another one. Um, <laughs> we really tried, Megan. <laughs> we tried. I mean, my daughter was only five months old. That's the thing. I I feel the need to give a little backstory. (laughs) Megan's kids are 14 months apart. So Megan was barely out of the super newborn stage when she realized she'd be doing it again shortly. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I think like my very first thought was I looked at my daughter and she's sitting there. She's like doing her tummy time, playing with her toys that she barely learned how to grab like two minutes ago and thinking, you'll never have just me like ever in your whole life. And I felt so guilty about that. And so, yeah, I, I, I totally understand. Obviously once we kind of have gotten into the groove of our life, it's like, what was life before I had both of you, but Mm -hmm. in, in the moment, I think it deserves whenever we go through these phases of motherhood, it's easy to just be like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine later. But I feel like it's important to really honor the space that you're in and being like, no, it's really hard. And I feel, you know, when the lights are out at night and I'm just sitting there, I'm sad. And that's something I feel like we can give ourselves the space to do because we so often brush all of our feelings aside for the sake of our kids and for the sake of our family of like, we just have to keep trucking along and everything will be fine eventually. And not fully, not fully feeling the things that we need to feel because you get pregnant, you have a baby and that whole thing's traumatic in itself. And then you have to raise this child and you're exhausted. And then you bring more kids into the world. And like, when do you ever get to stop and think like, how am I doing right now? It's just like this marathon that you just, you start and you can't go back. Yeah. And I, I also think to your point, Megan, about how like, it's okay to know that it will pass, but also to like give it a little bit of like time and space in the moment. Cause Rachel, I caught you saying like, I'm so grateful for this baby. Like that, just that disclaimer of like, do not get me wrong. Like, don't think that I don't understand yeah. what a blessing and, and a miracle this is. Yep. And I think, you know, Rachel and I, we both have experienced a loss. So we both are painfully and vividly aware of what a great honor it is right? Mm-hmm. To, to be carrying a baby, but, and to, and to meet that baby. But, um, that doesn't make it any less hard. 
So it's okay. It's okay to say that. I think for, I'm saying that for us and also anybody else out there who is just like sweeping it under a rug and stuffing it down and swallowing it because everybody and everywhere you look has told you to just be grateful. You can be grateful and you can be tired and you can feel guilty and you can be overwhelmed. I think you can be all of the things at the same time. And that is motherhood. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, Laura, tell me about your problems. Oh boy. Okay. Tell me about well, those issues. I made a couple notes. The first one, and we actually covered this a little bit before we hit record. So I was, I wanted to clarify with the ladies. I was like, are we talking just in terms of Montessori philosophy struggles? Because the first thing that came to my mind is not really related to Montessori. And then we had a whole big conversation about all of us having this struggle. And that comes down to whether or not to let your kid cry it out when we, when you're talking about something like a sleep regression and you just have tried all of the things, all of the tricks in your bag, and they are inconsolable crying, screaming. At this point now, my daughter is very vocal. She can ask for me. She can tell me what she doesn't want and what she does want to happen. And I, this is probably my biggest struggle is that I don't know if I should let her cry or if I should go to her right away. And you can read two articles back to back with like hardcore scientific data telling you that you must do it one way or the other, and that the other way is terribly damaging, right? So like you should let them cry it out because if you don't, then they don't ever learn how to solve their own problems. You know, like they they won't self-soothe, they won't put themselves to sleep, which is what they truly need. Like they're overly tired, they're not in danger, their body is safe, you know they're okay. You're keeping an eye on them, right? So you're making sure they are physically actually okay and you just need to let them exhaust themselves and that's okay. And you're not doing long-term traumatic damage. This isn't something that you're doing to them multiple times a day, all throughout the day, every day. Right. So like, it's okay. When they say, some of the things say that you're confusing them. Like every time you go in, they're like, oh, okay. So you are going to come in. So then I'm just going to cry, 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 cry. Because you came back. And then I'm confused because sometimes I cry and you come and sometimes I cry and you don't. So I'm just going to keep crying. And so some things say, you're confusing them. You're making it harder for them. You're you're making them cry longer. Like this is on you for because you keep confusing them and going in and changing things up. Or on the other side, you let them cry. You're traumatizing them and ruining exactly. your attachment, and mm-hmm. um, they're going to exactly. grow up and hate you. Not have the secure attachment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And study after study has proven that letting your kid cry it out, even just for a couple minutes, is doing nothing but showing them that the world will not meet their needs that they are alone, basically that when they do finally pass out, it is from literally being in such a like state of panic that their bodies shut down, like that they are so overwhelmed and so upset that they just like the switch turns off. The brain needs to like brain and body need to like preserve itself. And that's what you're doing when you let them cry it out and cry themselves to sleep. And what it, what a terrible and traumatic and harmful long-term thing to do. And it's like, it's enough to make your head spin, dude. It's like people feel really adamantly one way or the other. Like we may even get feedback from people on this episode of like, how yeah. how dare you let them do, how dare you do that, you monster versus like, oh my God, they're fine. Like don't let people make you feel guilty. You know, like I remember going to some kind of meeting shortly after she was born that my midwife put on for like new moms. This was moments before the world shut down. And everybody was struggling with newborn sleep, right? Even the sleep training that we all did was like for the first six weeks, it's survival. We don't have any tips for you, right? The real Mm -hmm. training starts after that. Also, people are so divided on sleep training, right? So either way, this woman who's this clearly amazing expert was like, those studies that say that it's traumatic and there will be attachment issues and the child will feel abandoned. Those were studies done across orphanages, right? Where those children consistently throughout the day were neglected and didn't have their needs met. Whatever the situation was, it was, it was bleak. It was a poorly run orphanage where there were a lot of reasons for those to have been the long-term effects for those children. And then, like I said, you'll read 10 more things that say, actually, recent studies have proven that it is a terrible and harmful thing to do. Aside from all of that, when she's crying like that, which she doesn't do often, it's really just during these regressions where like she's fighting sleep for whatever reason, when she cries like that, it lights my body on fire. Like every Mm -hmm. cell in me is tense. Like it is the one thing she could, she can be defiant. She can take 
forever to walk down the sidewalk. She can slap me in the face. I would not have that reaction. It does not, it does not, right. She could do any number of things that are really, really frustrating. And I have just like a never ending well of patience and my body just does not react that way. But when she is crying like that, and especially now that she can call out for me specifically. So hard. That's the hardest part. The language piece that comes. It rips my heart out. It rips my heart out. And I'll even like set like, I'll be like, I'm just going to give her 10 minutes. Cause so many times she does, she passes out in under 10 minutes. Right. But then it's like eight minutes in and it doesn't look like she's going to calm down. And I'm like, I'm just going to go in. I'm just going to go in. And then I know what happens. I just basically have poured gasoline on the fire and she's up now. And she's like that much more livid when I walk out again. Like I didn't calm her down. It didn't Mm -hmm. help. So it's just like, oh my God. We are living that exact same life right now. And I, I'm glad, (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one because for the past three nights, my son just hasn't been sleeping. And the words that come out of my mouth every single night are I'm laying there and my husband turns and says, what do you think we should do? And every night I'm like, I have no idea. Yes. I don't we have know. this conversation every I just time. There and he's like, should we get him? And I'm like, I don't know. Should we let him, you know, try to figure it out? Should we feed him? Should we rock him? Should we bring him into bed with us? Like I- it's- And I've read all this stuff like and you guys know we've we've all tried this and we are suckers for research and taking courses and all the things and I've taken two, three sleep courses and every single one of them said to do something different and they were all like opposing. It's so frustrating. So hard. And I tried everything. Like I told you guys, I have a scratch on my eyelid because I tried to bring him into bed with me and he was so upset that he kept like grabbing at my face and and I'm starting to get frustrated and it's middle of the night and it's just, I feel for you. And I think everyone listening can feel for you because sleep is so hard and it's one of those things that affects we all need. Yeah. everything yeah. else. So that's why we're like constantly thinking about it and focusing yeah. on it. And that's why it double sucks, right? Because your child isn't sleeping and you know how important that is to their development, their physical and emotional well-being is so dependent on them sleeping well. And also because they're not sleeping, you're not sleeping. And now your physical and emotional well-being are lacking. And so that makes it all that much more susceptible to just like being so overwhelmed and defeated mm-hmm. in these moments. And it's just, that's it's a, that's a big, that's a big one for me. And obviously for all of us. Yeah, no, Totally. After that, I have that one of the other things that came to my mind right away, and this is something we've talked about a couple of times, the idea of standing firmly and confidently in the way that I want things done. I have still some struggles with speaking up or kind of interjecting myself if we are with like family or friends who do any number of things that don't really like jive with my philosophy or what I know about her developmental stage, right? Like having a really overwhelming experience and they are wanting a reaction out of her because like they, you know, this is a special thing that they did for her and they want to see her happy. But I can see that she's just like, uh, okay, you've shown me 15 things and you want me to have a meaningful interaction with each of the things, but I'm way too overwhelmed right now or immediately doing things for her, like whether they just either didn't give her the opportunity to even try to do it for herself or they're watching her do a thing and she maybe looks like she's not going to figure it out and they just immediately step in. And then there are a couple of people close to us who really just like cannot help themselves with the baby talk when they interact with her because that's what in their mind and in mainstream media portrayals, that's how you talk to a toddler and someone like just learning to talk who sometimes doesn't pronounce things right. You get it. It's really cute sounding, but like, don't say it back to her that way. You want to reinforce the right way to say it. But yeah, that, that stuff all is a struggle for me. Yeah. That one really resonates with me. I am not a confrontational person. Yeah. And I also am one of those people who something happens and it takes me a long time to figure out how I feel about it. It, I have to process. I'm slow. Like I'm slow to react, which in a lot of ways is really beneficial. Like being a teacher, I am being a parent. I'm super slow to react because it like enters my brain. How do I feel about that? 
then it enters my body versus like it's just not very reactive. But in those kinds of situations, it's really hard. And I'm sure I know we share a lot of the same personality traits because of what we've chosen to do with our lives. And so it's really hard when someone does something, I don't just react. And then later I'm laying in bed and I'm like, I should have said this. I should have stood up for my kid. I'm her protector. I'm his protector. And I need to like not be afraid to hurt other people's feelings. I shouldn't let them hurt my kids' feelings because I don't want to hurt their feelings, you know? Yeah. And so that's – and not that anyone's hurting my kids' feelings, but you know, sometimes people say something or they do something and – I am laying there at night being like, why didn't I, why didn't I step in faster? Why didn't I say what I needed to say? And so this is, this is a weird thing that I do, not a confession, but kind of a confession is that I like have actual written out things like in my notes app of things like responses that I have for when people have something to say about my parenting or when people say something to my kids because it takes me a long time to process it and I have to like know in a respectful way but in a like holding my boundary kind of way how to respond because I otherwise I won't like I have to practice it yeah I love that yeah me too and I think this came up a little bit once in one of our I think probably preparation of the parent and I think Megan you made the comment about how you were really adamant about not spoon feeding your child, about letting it be a baby-led experience where she fed herself from the start. She had finger foods and she used her hands. And eventually when she can use a utensil, great, we'll introduce that. But it wasn't like, here comes the choo-choo train and an adult had to put things in her mouth for her or trick them into her mouth, right? Like we all chose to not so much go that way when we were introducing solids, but we all had people in our lives who learned to, that's how they were fed. That's how they fed their kids. And like, you know, they don't see anything, any kind of wrong with that. And they have nothing but the best intentions. And so they were doing that. People were wanting to spoon feed her. And you were like, I had to kind of come to the understanding that they're not breaking her. They're not undoing my work, right? This was a special moment that they wanted to have. And it's okay to let them have that. And so that's where I oscillate between like, they're only meaning the best ever, ever, ever. And how much do I really need to be like, actually, that's not how I would say that. Actually, we don't, we don't say you're being good. Actually, we don't say that your diaper's stinky. You know, like I have a hard time with like, how much should I just let them have that experience? Yeah, the balance. Yeah. Right. Versus like, well, we also though need to be consistent and these people are in her life quite a bit. Right. So like, is it worth me like onboarding them with my philosophy and language because it is quite foreign to everyone in my family, honestly, you know, like, and, and my husband's family and most of our friends, I think you guys are my only two Montessori mom friends. Right. So like everywhere else I am the weirdo. Yeah. I know. I totally get that. And again, my notes app, um, I have to like sit back and think about those things because I'm not going to just sit there and be like, you know, we'll use your example of someone saying that she's good, you know, yeah. Oh, are you going like, to be a good girl oh, or whatever? Good? Yeah, oh. be, good. be good. Be good. You're not being good. Let's yeah. let's use that example. So I would like sit there like a crazy person and sit on my notes app and be like, okay, what when I hear that, what is going to be my response? Is it going to be something like just kind of matter of fact of she's good whether she's behaving the way you want to or not? Or, you know, is it going to be more direct? What, how am I going to respond to that? And that really helps me. So I don't know, maybe you don't want to be a a weirdo putting random sentences on your notes app. But if you do, I found it very helpful. You should see my notes app. It is oh nothing gosh, but random rambling. sentences and ramblings. <laughs> yeah. minus two. Um, and to-do lists that will never be crossed yep. off. But no, I do. I do appreciate that tip. I like that tip. I feel Me like too. I've done anytime. I, I absolutely related to you saying I don't love uh, confrontation. And so like I am that person that will avoid it like the plague until I've been pushed to a point where now it's going to be a confrontation, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, and that's not necessary in these situations. So instead Mm -hmm. I like sit back and then, like you said, I'll sit there in bed that night recapping the day and being like, you know, I kind of wish that I had said, don't talk to her. Like she's a cartoon baby, you know, like I, but like, what's the nice respectful way to say that? Because you're just genuinely trying to make a connection. You're trying to make her smile. You're trying to be like silly, fun, so-and-so. And and it's like, okay, but at some point, like you need to talk to her like a, like a human, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- 
I think for me, I like I've talked about this many times. I think I talked about in the first few episodes of around the holiday season and just how it really is like it, it's been a thing for us, too. I think for me, though, I'm not a confrontational person typically in life, but as like a mom and in parenthood, I have probably said too much or been like, no, like, or look at them like, what? Like, why did that even just come out of your mouth? When Rachel <laughs> was like the sweetest Southern belle in the entire <laughs> world, like her little blonde hair and her frilly dresses and her, and she's like actually low-key terrifying. <laughs> Well, I feel like that may have come out more for our listeners to know because she always has to like rein us in and yell at you. So like, I feel like they've gotten a better picture of Rachel. My mom always says I'm a little spitfire. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it you sneaks are. up on you. It really does. <laughs> yeah, But I'm definitely, I would say majority of people that are around him, I feel like y'all, my parents... And of course, where he goes to school, because that's where I teach and it's a Montessori environment. But when we spend time with other family, I just find myself getting so annoyed too. Like, I don't want to be there because it's like this constant like, oh, well, we don't do it that way or picking and choosing. Like, am I going to say something? And I think lately, I mean, I've probably been saying too much almost like like you're saying like picking every single thing out and it's not okay that you're doing any of this with him I've definitely been confrontational lately and maybe it's just this pregnancy and I'm tired but I'm like why in the world would you say that or why in the world do you think that's even okay don't mess with Rachel that's the (laughs) that's the takeaway from this yeah I mean part of it could be that you're pregnant I feel like there's just yeah. like zero patience. It's like I no. think that's a yeah. I think that's a generous portion yeah. of your experience right now. Hormones, yeah. moods, way everything. We right? can definitely go with but, that. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, you do have a mama bear in you that comes out. It's a beautiful thing. But um, yeah, that's definitely just a hard one for me. And I think what kind of piggybacks off of that, what is directly related to it, is that. Again, outside of our little Montessori moms in the wild circle, I am generally the odd one, the oddball, the odd one out, the one that I feel like I feel like my other mom friends and other family members that are moms that have young kids right now probably look at and listen to me talking to her and interacting with her and think, ugh, just ridiculous. Like she's just so hippie granola like you should have shut down that tantrum you should not be entertaining this conversation like this is ridiculous like I feel like people roll their eyes into the back of their heads in my personal life and welcome weirdo right thank you and that's what and I love that I love that about you guys because if I didn't have you guys I don't know like this everything would be so 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 much harder because I, I just I wasn't raised in the Montessori philosophy and so it's not a part of like the way my Family, family generally interacts mm-hmm. with yep. young kids or each other. And the funny thing is the way that the majority of the people in my personal life interact with her or their own kids is deeper ingrained in me even than the Montessori, because again, it is what I was raised with. Montessori mm-hmm. is a newer concept mm-hmm. to me, relatively speaking. It's what you're so familiar like, with. I get it. I absolutely get it. And that makes it even harder though, for me to like stand in this new skin when I'm with people who have known me since well before I was a Montessorian. Yeah. Yeah, that makes I think it harder. That that's too one of the reasons that I mean, we haven't really talked about even why we decided to start this podcast. We just kind of went into it. And we're like, here, let's let's do this. But it's really like we talk about motherhood being isolating. Mothering in a specific way like this is even more isolating. And so when we talk about specifically our listeners who reach out when we say we'd love to hear from you and when we act like total weirdos when you do reach (laughs) out to us because we're genuinely so happy that you're here because we want to create this kind of community where we can support each other and feel like we can stand on our own two feet and feel like that will be accepted and that will be supported and that we have people to go to to ask questions or people who can relate and say, are you doing this too? Are you feeling this way too? And that people will understand and not just look at you like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Okay, weirdo. Let's talk about feelings with a two-year-old who mm-hmm. yeah. is hysterical right now. Like, no, right. just shut it down. So I, when I was thinking about 
I sent you guys a message. I was like, let's do this episode about what we suck at. So what I suck at, I would say that the biggest one, and it kind of goes into everything that we've been talking about, but mostly the kind of beginning stages of my motherhood we talked about was like kid, kid, boom, boom. And it's been not only taxing mentally, but physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things, not sleeping for however many years it's been now, two, um, three. And so I feel like I'm not doing a great job of prioritizing myself and taking care of myself, like putting myself first. And it's even hard to say it because it feels like you know, everybody's like, the kids are first, the kids are first. And I I don't feel that way. I don't know if that's like bad to say. I feel like I want my kids to see me taking care of myself. Be the best and, you. And I want them to see me saying no to things and, and saying, no, this is what I need because that's what I want for them. I want when they grow up for them to say, no, this is what I need first. And that's just not how I grew up and that's just not how – my personality is like, I will do anything for anyone and I will suffer and I will be like, are you okay? I will do this for you. Please don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. I quit. Like (laughs) all of the things just to not have to make anyone else feel bad. And I just, it's a, it's a great quality that I love in myself and it's quality I hate in myself that I, I need to take care of myself and I need to put myself first. And that's not something that I am currently doing. And one of the negative things is that I feel like then I don't show up 100% for my kids. I like coast and I survive because I won't just go take that day that I need or that hour that I need. Like my immediate reaction is no. Why would I do that? It's selfish. I need to be with them. I mm-hmm. I I have to be the one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's fine if he goes to work and I watch them all day, but God forbid I go do work. Like, you know? Yeah. So it's just it's it's hard and it's a mindset shift. But my initial reaction is always, I'm fine. That's always like the first, I'm fine. And then I have to kind of like peel back some of those layers and be like, no, like I'm not fine. I'm really not. And being more aware of that and being more accepting of that and putting that at the forefront of everything else. I want to be fine. And I that's what I want to be. I want to be fine, but I'm not putting in the work that it takes to be my best self and to be the best mom I can be and to be there for my kids. And yeah, so that's kind of my biggest struggle right now in strugglehood. Hallelujah. Amen, sister. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I don't know of very many moms that that no, would honestly all. be the number one. Like it, it's so just like a part of me right now that I didn't even think of it to list as a struggle. But oh yeah. my God, yes, that is number one. I, as a mother and as a teacher, mm-hmm. you are just, it is just part to of your being and your nature. Yes, to give, 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 put yourself at the very bottom and make sure everybody has what they need. Everybody has the best of you. You are always showing up as your best self. I am fully aware of how really silly it is for me to pretend that anybody is getting my best self because I am not doing anything to recharge and refill that cup, right? Like the cup is empty. What am I even pouring right now? But somehow, somehow as a mother and teacher, you do just keep finding more Mm -hmm. and like, that's great. And that's beautiful. But what is going to be the long-term cost of this? Right. And like I said, it's not just the cost to me, but what am I teaching them? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. want them to run themselves into the Absolutely. ground for other people. That's they not. They are watching you. Yeah. And I keep talking about like what you think about at the end of the night because that's just, I feel like that's when everything gets quiet. That's when the things really come to light that you've pushed down all day. And the things I think about are, did they get enough fruits and vegetables? Did we read enough books? Did I get them outside enough? all of those things that I'm worried about for them. And I never once think, what do I need? What did you do for you today, Megan? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, let's ask that question. I did nothing, you know, like nothing. And I can find a million things to do to put in front of myself, like the laundry or cleaning out the car or sending an email or I... I can think of a million things that I can do before I even once stop to think, what do I need? And if I even really think about what do I need, I don't know. And I think maybe that's the hard part as a parent. I remember, I think I was reading the 
it's called the fourth trimester. If anyone's read it after having a baby, it is amazing. It is amazing. And one of the things she says is like to just bring things to a new mom, to just like put food in front of her mm-hmm. because a new mom doesn't know what she needs. So when you, you know, reach out to a person, how can I help? That's actually more stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's people in all the best ways want to help. They genuinely do and they don't know how to help. But then, you know, you get that text message of, hey, what can I, what can I get for you? What I'll, I'll go grocery shopping for you. What do you need? And then I'm like, I don't want to make a list. I don't want to tell them what kind of milk that we need. Like, it's just, it's right. too much. And like those decisions, they're fatiguing in themselves. And so, yeah, I just, I, I haven't even taken the time to really sit down and be like, what do I need? Like, what actually yeah. do I need to feel recharged and to feel happy, healthy? And I, I, I feel like that's something that I need to sit and like really do and not distract myself, not the like face mask and a bubble bath and, you know, going on a walk thing, but like truly, truly, what do I need? Like for real, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I, okay. So I, we talked about this a little bit in my other podcast with not another mom cast. We did a whole episode on what does self-care look like? And it turns out, sadly, once you become a parent, self-care looks an awful lot like basic hygiene mm-hmm. that you, before becoming a parent, mm-hmm. didn't even think twice about being like a magical blessing that you were able to take a bath and put on a face mask or go for a walk. You know, like we can count that as self-care because we'll take what we can get where we can get it, but that's not refilling your cup. That's not truly like fixing. Yeah. And the thing about being a parent, especially if you're the primary caregiver, which a lot of mothers are, the thing about that is that the things that you're choosing from, like, okay, here's the list of things that I can do to take care of myself. They're not putting a burden on anyone else. It's like, oh, I can do this when I have this little minute. I can, I can, I can take a second at the end of the day. And I feel like something that I need to learn to do more is to like let other people take on more things like that I don't have to carry it all and that maybe part of taking care of myself is like relinquishing some of this control that I have on everything and really allowing people to be uncomfortable like I hate when other people are uncomfortable I just want to be uncomfortable for you like let me soak up all of your anxieties and worries and just like take it on yeah and I need to be okay with just letting other people take some of that on and be uncomfortable and like maybe it'd be hard for them. Like it's okay if it's hard for someone else. Maybe I need to do that for me, you know? Yep. I will do the same thing. I will go so far out of my way to not burden someone else that I will just like work myself straight into the ground. Mm-hmm. Chris and I all the time talk about what could we do that mm-hmm. would like fill our cups, right? And yep. every single thing that I think of involves stepping away from my responsibilities including motherhood for 24 to 48 hours, like not an hour, not a dinner, not a walk. You bring that baby to me. You bring her to me. I will take her. (laughs) Can't see my hands. (laughs) You need a third kid right now. We'll just swap. This is what we're going to do. Okay. Not with Rachel because you going through things right now. We will swap our children. (laughs) You don't want to take my newborn? Oh, I do. I do. I don't want you to take on my two little Tasmanian devils is what I don't want you to take on right now. We will swap. Like, you know that show, Why Swap? This will be Kid Swap. Sure. No, then how this has helped no one. What we need to do is make a schedule where, like, you take my child. Well, so no, that's what I mean. For a little <laughs> yeah, while. That's what I mean. I will take her. You will take them. But see, okay. that's the thing. So what you <laughs> even- said is a, swa- a wife swap, which is when they well, all parties like- switch at the same time. So now you've got my kid and I've got your kids. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I've never seen that show. <laughs> I had no business making that reference. It's probably going to happen to Laura pretty soon. All of a sudden, she's going to be taking my little boy home from school and yeah, be like, yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. And no, that's the I'm thing too. I've even that. thought about with – the kids I'm like oh you know I could have you guys help me and it's just even it feels like they have so much going on and I have two and okay. there's so much over the and summer so- over the summer we're all gonna do this everybody all our listeners are listening hold us accountable 
we are going to choose at least one weekend or at least one night and we will take each other's children. So each of you and Chris have a weekend, you and Jacob have a weekend, me and Garrett have a weekend. Okay. I have a better idea than hanging out with our husbands. What if... (laughs) They swapped and then we go. And the then three I just had this us. other idea. It would be really fun for all of us to go on a vacation together too. With the children or without the children? With and without. Let's do okay. both. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely need to do like joint family vacations. Okay. So okay. yeah, I think definitely everyone empathizes with that one. That yeah. is that is by far the hardest It's a part. good way to end this one. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So as we are really honest about what we're struggling with right now, we would love to hear from anyone else out there that is struggling too, and especially within this like little community that we've started to create is that we genuinely want to be there for each other. So reach out, send us a little DM, an email whatever. We we want to be your best friend. Like, but for real. (laughs) For real. (laughs) We really do. Like, it's hard to walk this journey. We've said that. And we have each other thank everything in the world for that because I wouldn't be the mom I am today without Megan and Laura. But seriously, like, y'all need people. I mean, everybody needs, you need to have people. So, Uh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say the same. I wanted to wrap up with the same sentiment that they say it takes a village and it is so true. I understand now completely why. I wish that humanity and our society still functioned in a way where people just like wrapped around each other when women had a new baby and families were changing and all of that stuff, right? But at the end of the day, I will say I'm insanely grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for, I have other people, you know what, just to be fair, I have other people in my life who may or may not be listening who also are very like-minded in their parenting approach. And I'm so grateful for that. And for the record, not only do you guys help me be a better mother and a better human, you are incredible mothers, like legit inspirational to me on a daily basis. I know how much you both are going through constantly. Megan, you are like nine times out of 10, almost functioning like a single parent because of your husband's very specific job. And Rachel, you are growing an entire human going through all of the craziest toddler stages right now and also functioning solo so often because of your husband's schedule and job. And and you guys are just killing it every single day. And it literally gives me strength and hope. So you're awesome. And I love you guys. Should we listen to Surface Pressure right now? And just cry, just have a good cry together. Just have a good cry because I I feel the same way. And I'm just, I'm glad that we got to have this little talk because even though it's not what we normally would discuss, I just feel like this is where we're at. And it's good to share where we're at. Yeah. Let's finish out the show with a segment called Confessions from the Wild. So what do we have to share this week? Um, Okay. So this is like an actual legitimate confession. Something that I don't talk about often, and I feel like I might be judged for this, especially with people our similar age. So I have three things. Okay. One, I hate ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, not where I saw this going. It smells gross. It tastes gross. And I don't get why people like it. Okay. Fair enough. But people really like it. And I just would like to confess that I don't like it and mostly because when I say it no thank you I don't like it people are like what so (laughs) (laughs) number two I've never this one's hard for me to admit I've never read the Harry Potter books oh me neither I haven't either (gasps) you guys (laughs) I've seen the movies did you see the movies I yeah seen some of them I don't like and I don't I don't think I've seen them more than probably once so I couldn't tell you what the you don't watch them every time they're on freeform. <laughs> I, we do in One, this house. I don't have freeform. That's, that's I have four confessions. <laughs> I feel like it's too late for me. 
And I know that people love it. And I just, I feel like I've missed that boat and I just can't. <laughs> it's too late for me. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I guess this is a triple confession because you guys haven't either. Triple we might confession. need to do a Harry Potter book club for women in their 30s. Do you know how many pages are in those <laughs> we books? Have time and for also that. how many books there are? Like, absolutely are not. It's not happening. Guys, stop yelling at me. <laughs> Poor Megan, she's trying to like pour her heart out to us and we're like, no, we didn't either and we're not going to help you overcome it. Okay. We're the best. I'm the best. <laughs> Lastly, this is my last confession. I have never seen Hocus Pocus. Okay. <laughs> I've yeah. only told one person this in my whole life, my closest confidant, Sarah, I love you. Thank you for keeping my secret. And so this is like a big moment for me. Every time people like Halloween comes around and everyone's like, I'm like, ah, Hocus Pocus. And then, and they say all of the lines from it. Mm -hmm. And I never know what anyone's talking about. And I just laugh along like, ah, oh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I've legitimately never seen it. I couldn't tell you a single, I don't, I mean, I know that there's like the witches and they, Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's stop there. Just stop there with your synopsis. I wish people could have seen your face and hand gestures after I their witches. After <laughs> I was going to say, one of them has red hair. Yeah, one of them is Sarah Jessica Parker. One of them is, yes, um, Carrie Bradshaw. And that's all I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's fine. I'm, we're gonna, you're, it's not too late for that one, I don't think. And I feel like someday no. we're gonna sort we that can out. Do. I'm, I'm a little, sort it out. I'm a li yeah. that one, I'm a little concerned about the backlash, honestly. So, like, <laughs> well, I will stand behind you then. And I will say, though I have seen it many times, I am the person who I saw it a bunch of times as a kid. I, it was not like a regular Halloween rotation for me. No, me either. Through my teen years, through my adult years, that was not a thing. In fact, I actually love horror movies, like really scary movies. So for the entire month of October, I am watching like actually scary movies, not Hocus Pocus. That's what you watch when you're a kid. That was not a regular thing for me as an adult. So I will stand behind you and say that it's okay. I just feel like as a woman in her 30s, I cannot tell other people that I've never seen Hocus Pocus because they will I don't know what they'll do <laughs> they'll riot <laughs> well, we're gonna find out blood in the street it's a fear that I have and I'm just broadcasting it to just millions of people it's really brave of you millions. you're an inspiration thank you you're an inspiration really and a hero thank you that's it <laughs> Laura <laughs> okay I want you guys to pick for me I okay. came with prepared with two so I have yes, another yes, yes. I love choices I have another <laughs> traumatic childhood elementary school memory that <laughs> I remembered when I was re-listening to our episode and Megan yours was from fifth grade and I was like "Ooh, I have one from fifth grade I triggered you yeah you triggered me we should have trigger warnings on the beginnings of these episodes now if we're going to keep doing this shit. And then um, my other one involves the word mutton chops. So you guys pick. Do you want to hear about fifth grade or mutton chops? Can you name the other one instead of fifth grade? Because Yes, then I can I, name it. Okay. I can. Name it. Here are your choices. The first one is called yo-yo. The second is called mutton chops. Whichever one you don't choose today will just be on next week. So what do you want to hear first, really? What do you think, Megan? You know what? You are about to pop. You get to pick. I was just going to go with yo-yo just because when she changed from fifth grade to yo-yo, I mean, it got your yeah. attention. what no. is this all about? So you, picked, yeah. you picked trauma. You picked violence today, Rachel, and I love that about you. No, we, we know she chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened. Fifth grade, it is a beautiful spring day in Vermont, and I'm in Mr. Gallus's class. God bless him. Love that guy. Mr. Gallus, if you're out there, I'm sure you're listening, and I love you. I hope that you're well. Thank you for so many He's fond memories. definitely listening yeah. to this Monastery Moms podcast. <laughs> Thank you for so many fond memories. One of them was the time that we were out at recess, and yo-yos were all the rage. Did you guys go through a yo-yo stage Did you in childhood? Did you have the people yes. that came through and yes. did the like assemblies yes. with the like light up yo-yos and then they showed yes. you all the tricks and then you could buy them it's like the thing you got to for like a fundraiser like you get the yo-yo yeah. for raising this mm -hmm. much money yes yeah uh -huh. yo-yos totally. were 
pretty big deal. And so everybody had yo-yos and at recess, everyone would get out their yo-yos and do all the cool <laughs> tricks that they had learned, right? And <laughs> Megan's already, already done. I'm triggered. <laughs> the giggles are here. There was a boy in my class. I will not name him because I'm sure he's also listening right now. <laughs> one of, one <laughs> I, of the millions. <laughs> I had a huge crush on this kid. Okay. So I did not bring my yo-yo to school that day for whatever reason, (laughs) but he had his, and I was like, you know, what would be a fun way to spend my recess is cheering on his (laughs) yo-yo tricks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. His personal yo-yo cheerleader. So I'm standing, but also we're in fifth grade. So I'm like a little bit far enough away that if he's not into me cheering for his yo-yo tricks, I can just quickly pivot and move on. (laughs) (laughs) luckily for me he was digging it so he's doing his tricks he's walking the dog he goes to you guys are probably familiar with shoot the moon y'all ever shoot the moon with a yo-yo i cannot personally Uh shoot the moon but i I can't either but i know exactly what you're talking about those who can (laughs) yeah so he He's really showing off. He's really showboating for his crowd. And he goes, he shoots the moon and that yo-yo goes flying up. And it's like that, you know, that sound on the, where it's just really gaining traction. And also, uh, it's an extremely windy day, like probably <laughs> the worst day for a group of children to play going. with stringed objects. And the wind, well, <laughs> it took that yo-yo right off of that string. And we watched it. We watched it soar up into the sky on a very strong breeze. And then I stood frozen in disbelief as it came like the hand of God itself careening down from the clouds straight into almost the center of my forehead. I wish it had been the center of my forehead. It wasn't. It was just off to the, just right about here. You guys can Uh see. And I saw my life flash before my eyes. And then when I realized what had happened, there was a group of fifth grade people standing around me, including the love of my life. And I am trying so hard to play it cool. But like, Oh my God, did that hurt? It hurt so bad. But you have a golf ball on your head already? Well, I didn't even know that yet. All I knew was like, okay, I've sustained some (laughs) serious cranium damage and I am gonna just go pretend that I'd rather play on the monkey bars. Mr. Gallus (laughs) sees all of this go down and is like, uh come here. And he looks at me (laughs) and he, you could see in his face, but it was all that he could do to not react really he was like i'm gonna send you to the nurse and you come back to class when you're ready and i go to the nurse the nurse is like good lord and i look in the mirror and i see that i have a full-blown not a golf ball rachel like a unicorn horn is growing from my face and there's no ice pack on this side of the Mississippi is going to take that bad boy down. So I have one on my forehead and I march back to class, this walk of shame. All of my injuries at school did not allow me to just go home and be done for the day. I have to like soldier through the rest of the day. So I'm holding this ice pack and Mr. Gallus is like, hi, welcome back. You know, recess is over, blah, blah, blah. And I come sit down at my desk and I lower the ice pack to like grab my pencil and he bursts into laughter. (laughs) Just, he's like, crying he's laughing so hard because i'm acting like i don't have a like six inch welt of (laughs) whatever that was exactly in my forehead and but um, you do i did i absolutely did i had it for a long long time in fact if i make a certain expression the right way and like furrow my brow just right in the right light you can see the lump of scar tissue still oh my gosh 800 years later so 800 I get years. an occasional reminder from time to time. And um, I don't know. Right. I don't know any way to wrap up so, this story. Okay. So may this be a lesson to all everyone listening of the dangers of yo-yo cheerleading. <laughs> if someone you love is using a yo-yo nearby – Stand Just walk away downwind, or would it be upwind? I don't know what it is, but watch your forehead. Wear a helmet, and Wait, just every check, every check decision made in this story just was. <laughs> Say it. 
<laughs> no, it was yeah. it was um, it was unfortunate, <laughs> fortunate incident. But I I love <laughs> that little Laura <laughs> was cho- that's that that's how she chose to spend her time, you know. And I I feel like now if I was to shoot the moon, that you would you would be right there. I'm, cur- I'm curious. I would be right there, of, girl. What kind of cheerleading does one do for yo-yo? <laughs> oh, in fifth grade, like, what, do you, what is even like... the ad, like the verb for? Is it like yo-yoing? Yo-yoing. 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 It's all about the accent <laughs> on the right syllable. I don't know. I'm not even going to get into what that would have looked like. I was in fifth grade and had a massive crush on him, right? So by cheering him on, I'm sure that meant whispering to a friend nearby that he was doing a good job. You know, I was just like imagining you like arms in the air doing like a little like jump, (laughs) maybe a little cheer. Have you met me? I mean, part? every week that you tell a story, I don't know that I have met you. I <laughs> nice to meet you, Laura, it's true. because I did not know it's this true. about you. One, I didn't know that you were so into horror movies, which is horrifying to me. I'm yeah, more me scared of you now than I've ever been. And like, <laughs> you watch horror movies and you cheer people on that are yo-yoing. And I don't if that doesn't sum you up as a person. I don't know what does. Nothing will. Yeah, and I didn't know that person, so I don't I don't know you. Horror fan, yo-yo cheerleader. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Rachel, your turn. Well, my confession this week, I um I hope that Garrett can't hear me because I know he's not gonna listen to this episode, but I have to <laughs> confess this. I've just been pretending that I'm asleep a lot. <laughs> and then I don't have to do things. <laughs> times like the past five nights (laughs) it's really it's really working out to my advantage but now he probably knows (laughs) oh my god oh i love it so much i love it the best marriage advice i've ever gotten (laughs) especially when you have a toddler and you're 35 weeks pregnant so you should do that anybody who's listening just go to bed and pretend, <laughs> pretend to go to bed. You're sleeping. Just go to bed. <laughs> Dishes need to get done. Dinner needs to get cooked. Someone needs a bath. Uh-uh. All right, sleeping. <laughs> yep, that's so funny. Those are some good confessions. I am. I feel like we're on it this yeah, week. We're I feel hot. Like I've, we've all gotten we're a lot. We're gonna have two K before we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally drinking like the sugariest sprite right now. But so and then good. you're gonna lay down and pretend to be asleep on the couch. You're yeah. like buzzing right now 150 <laughs> percent with my heating pad and be like oh i can't move she would be the best yo-yo cheerleader right now just- <laughs> yeah man all oh, right God. okay all right enough <laughs> really? i'm wrapping it up i'm wrapping it up all right <laughs> i've said that 17 times <laughs> i'm just gonna go straight into it thank you for listening to montessori moms in the wild You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, follow, review, and rate. Have we added more words to that? I feel like that's like a 10-item list of things to ask them to do. For more content, you can follow us at Montessori Moms in the Wild on Instagram, or you can email us at MontessoriMomsInTheWild at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next week. Stay wild. <laughs> Rawr! <laughs> like an hour is too long for me to keep it together. <laughs> Whenever we go over that, it's just who knows what's gonna happen. We're done. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>